Greetings, Wilkinson here. Today my guest is Kay Lane. I met Kay at an actor's class that I started going to about a month and a half ago. So first of all, uh, say hi to my people, Kay. Hey, how's it going? They can't answer you. <laughs> but that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So you've had an interesting life. I have. We've, we've chatted for a bit before we came on here. If we were to title you, I'd say K is a survivor. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. I am. Why don't you tell a little bit of your background story where you grew up? But we'll, then we'll take off from there. Well, okay. Well, I was born in Florida. And I'm a Navy brat, and I'm the second oldest of six kids We I, that grew up in Oregon. My father moved all the way back. I'm not sure what he was done serving over in Florida, but my brother is a year younger than me and born in Oregon. And we grew up on a little farm hmm. up there. My dad loved animals, and that's actually how he taught us the birds and the bees is through watching the animals and giving birth and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm second oldest of six. A little more. A little more, a little more. What? How much more do you want? Let's see. I, I went to the same high school as my father in Albany, got married up in Portland, Oregon. I've been divorced since, well, 2018. I was separated since 2015, and I was married for over 16 years in a Mormon marriage. Um, Did you grow up as a Mormon? Like I did. in Florida and Oregon? I did. My mom lives in Utah. She's a roommate with her brother up there, and she's a very staunch Mormon. I have a tattoo on my arm she doesn't even know about. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, no tattoos, right? <laughs> yeah. And does your father practice that, too? Um, he's been baptized twice. He was baptized first when he was a kid and brought into the church. His parents are converts. And he was excommunicated during my parents' divorce, and then he came back a couple years back. So I don't know what he sees in it, but So yeah. he's not really practicing it. He got baptized again, so he's practicing more than you know. I mean, one of my brothers baptized him back into the church. And I believe, well, there's two of us out of six kids that are not members. So talk about a little, you were married for 16 years. What was that all about? I met my ex-husband at at a church in Portland for a singles for single adults and he was just very charismatic but when you when you meet somebody that's you're you're raised in the LDS church you are trained to as a as a girl a young girl that you have you should you should marry a return missionary and i really didn't date anybody that was LDS Mormon or whatever you want to call it. But when I met him and I wasn't on good speaking terms with my parents, because my parents, when I was in high school, I got kicked out my senior year of high school of my parents' house. But I always tried to find ways to get attention from them. And it just, it was just an odd childhood that I had. But when I, when I met my husband, I figured he was a return missionary and I can really impress my parents. I ended up being married to him for over 16 years. I, did not see, you know, they teach you to endure to the end. That's the quote that I will always say is endure to the end because they think they, they try to teach you that you will go through all the suffering here on this earth. And after you die, that in the end, it's worth it. And I kept just reflecting my whole life of my talents, the things that I love to do. I was never been able to do them. I mean, 
when I was married, I I had a hard time. Gra- when I was graduating high school, I had a hard time reading and I had a disability I didn't know I had. It was Erlen syndrome. But when I got married and stuff, I didn't realize how pushy this guy was. He would put an application for college down in front of me every single day until he would always repeat himself until it was my idea on everything. And it's kind of toxic because those are not your ideas. Those are someone right. else's ideas. And I have um, two associate's degrees. This is how much he pushed me. Two associate's degrees. I have two bachelor's degrees. I have an incomplete master's. I mean, if I started looking a certain way, I he kept pushing me to exercise more. And fl- he would flaunt me more, but if... But he would get jealous at the same time. But this was a product of what he was creating. And it was just that again and again and again on everything. And I I just woke up one day. I had a hysterectomy. Right as I was graduating from one of my bachelor's degrees, I, I got really sick and I had to have a full-on hysterectomy. And there was other complications. So I went through all of this, all the trauma that I went through with trying to endure to the end. I found him drugging me. I found him doing all these little things. Hmm. And I just wasn't that woman that he wanted. I kept thinking, why do I keep having to change for him? Why am I doing all of these little tiny things? Like, why do I have to go to school? Why do I have to do this and this and this and this? And he was was the worst. (laughs) I'm going to say he's the worst husband because... Every baby that we had, he disappeared from the hospital at, right after they were born. And I I found him, but I had to find a way. I almost had to find a way elsewhere to get home with the really? baby. Mm-hmm. Really? And he, in the end, I told, he, I asked him, I asked him, why do you keep disappearing? He goes, well, I'm just not good in hospitals. I go, well, you should keep your pants zipped up then. Because, <laughs> well, because... With the with my history, with the hysterectomy, and I had other complications for f- in the female factory, I had to have my babies in a hospital. There was no other choice because my health was at stake as long as the- theirs was too. Oh, you had the hysterectomy after the kids, right? I did, of course. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's right. how that works. Was, yeah, but we were going back and forth. I thought, how's that work? Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, huh. yeah right after... Right after I had my last child in um, 2006, it was like a... Every year there was like almost a little surgery. They were taking out one more thing and one more thing out of my my little female factory down there. Right. And then soon it was it was it needed to be taken out all the way. Genetics it always plays a fun role in your life. Right. Did having that surgery affect you majorly? I think it did. I didn't understand the hot flashes. The hospital that I I'm, that I went to for the surgery was Desert Regional. Right in Palm Springs. And they send you to a series of therapy, like for menopause. And it does not even feel or compare when you actually go through it. Because I was going through it early at age 36. Hmm. I went to school in my marriage while I raised my kids. It just it was a continual like education, education. But lo and behold, all the education and all that stuff that was going on, was just a big cover up for what he was doing and he was just making me worn out because I didn't realize all the other stuff that was going on you know I'm I have a son with autism and he's very intelligent but he would tell me about how there was women in my house or um behind closed doors with my my husband you know and and I didn't know what to think I was so busy assumed with I got to write a 
three, four page, or I even had a 26 page essay one time that I had to write, you know, and you, you just get so consumed that with these deadlines, you got to finish things up and you got to keep your, your brain space clean so you right. could just get things done. So he was cheating on you while you were married? Yeah, he was. Hmm. And he basically told on himself during the divorce. Too. Oh, really? Well, he didn't come out and say it, but he tried to sue me over an STD that he had. And I went and got tested and I didn't have it. I went and te got tested because I want to know if he passed it to me. Right. You know, he tried to sue me over that. So that just Jeez. says, that just says, that's the open door right there. Like, yeah, I was, you know, around the block. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hmm. What do you want to talk about next? <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a lot. There's, well, even in my marriage, a lot of stuff I didn't get pushed into the field, you know, of too much of acting. I mean, I was when I was a younger kid. I did a lot of acting. I did commercials even when my oldest child was, she's 23 now, but when she was a little, little toddler, they put me in little fashion shows and stuff with her and little commercials. But as I got older and stuff, I got offered, you know, stuff like to to be in a Kevin Sorbo film and f with all the modeling and everything that I did that kind of, I mean, that opened the door for a lot of things, but my, my marriage was always being pushed. Like you got to go to this photographer, you got to go to do this. And he, and my ex-husband played the role as like a manager. I even went to photo shoots cause I've been in a lot of magazines and lookbooks, and I would come home and he would really love the pictures that were taken, but I would tell him, like, the photographer, he touched me all over the place. But he liked the photos, and he would want me to go back. He didn't care. Like he was, the photographer was touching you inappropriately. Inappropriately, yeah. And my really? ex just That's would, okay, as yeah. long as I get what I want. Exactly. Wow. And I mean, you said that you were a swimsuit model for a while. Yeah. In my 30s. I was a swimsuit model. I was a Tropic Beauty, not Tropicana. A lot of people think it's that, but it's Tropic Beauty. In 2014, I was nominated a Latin model of the year, and I'm not even Latin. I have a little Spaniard in me, but that's <laughs> as close as it gets. And I think the program that I was doing this with, because they were doing a reality show, was Viva Latino America. And um, I think they were trying to make it more bilingual, which they couldn't, because it was just embarrassing for me to be on the reality show because my Spanish was so bad. I mean, I did take three classes in college and my ex-husband, he was, of course, a return missionary and he served a mission in Argentina. So he was very fluent and he was an ESL teacher for a while. No, I, I did all of that stuff. And it was, it I mean, was They neat. wanted you to pass yourself off as... Not really. They were trying to make it more of a bilingual program, okay. get more different, you know, a variety of women. But they kept the title on it. Yeah. That's kind of weird. That is. <laughs> <laughs> and he was okay with you being a swimmer. Well, he kind of was one. He was right there at every moment at my auditions, at my my swimsuit photos, everything. Really? Mm -hmm. When it was all good, he was so supportive of it. But if anything went bad, it was is all my fault. Of so course. yeah. But yeah, I did. I did the swimsuit thing. I got to. Sw I modeled in mansions and all that kind of stuff. I even got scouted by Playboy, and that was that was kind of interesting. It's not something I really wanted to go and do. It was I. I got to go to the Playboy place over in Burbank, and I just couldn't take everything off. <laughs> did you walk just, away from that then, or what? I walked away from it. Yeah, oh. 
I mean, the people were nice that were working in the building and everything, but I got down to my skivvies and that's about it. And they wanted more? They wanted more, yeah. Would your husband at the time have let you do that? You know what? I don't know. Did he know you were doing that? Oh, yeah. He knew. He was pushing me to go to these places. So Seems a little odd, but... (laughs) Well, he would always... He didn't like what he created, what the end product was. Like, if I would always leave my Facebook open and my messenger open, you know, and he was the one that always posting the pictures and stuff. Anything that would come in, he would post it all. But then he would really get scared if if I got all these like comments on right. the pictures. Well, you posted the pictures of someone in a swimsuit, right? You know, with you know D breast. That's gonna get a comment or two or right. more, and the picture could go viral in places. So that's what. You know, that's going to be the reaction. But then he would get mad at me in the end and say, you know, did you see what those guys were saying about you? Do you see this and that? And, you know, and they would message me in Messenger. And I would always say, I left it open for you. Do you see me responding to those? No. Right. I'm not. So don't Mm. get mad at me for what you're posting of me. Right. But he still did. But he still did. Yeah. Right. Well, I bet you feel better not being in that relationship. It's a lot better. (laughs) I mean, there's still hurdles. My youngest child is 16, you know, until she's 18 or off at college because she's going to be graduating when she's 17 and finding herself. But having the three kids and I mean, it's been a blessing. Um, I know that I'm right now I'm the conservator of my son and not having my 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 ex-husband show up for that. Because he took that as a form of control when I gained conservatorship. It's a blessing. Mm. Because he's not knocking at my door, climbing through my window, <laughs> you know. And I've ha- I have had a history with him doing that. You know, he disappeared on our son, but yet it's a blessing for him not to be there. I know in the long run I have to really, you know, ha- help my son heal from all that. But there's a blessing inside that too. Let's switch channels. So what made you want to do acting? What made me want to do acting? Well, yeah. when I was in kindergarten and I, we didn't, we didn't really have any TV at home or anything, but going into kindergarten, I lived on a farm. Do Mormons not have TV? I don't know. No, we, they do. But, it's but just that didn't. we lived on a farm and it was like rabbit ears, you oh, know, gotcha. okay. it was like the early eighties, late seventies. Gotcha. So just, just growing up on, growing up on a farm and stuff. But when I was in kindergarten, I, God, I don't know if I was just cute or what when I was a little kid, but I w- was always asked to be in a role for something. Like my first role in elementary school when, when I was in kindergarten was a sugar plum fairy for the Christmas play. And my mom would always help me with all my lines for all the plays I was in. She would always help me memorize all of them. And I really found that love for the theater when I was really young when I got into school, because we just really didn't see a lot of that on TV. I, I remember rabbit ears and fuzzy television and my mom watching soaps during the day right. and that's it. No, yeah. I really loved it. And I went with it and I, all through elementary school, I got called to be the lead role and I really didn't have to audition, but you know, get going into middle school when we, cause we moved, we moved from the country to the city of Albany, Oregon when I turned 12 and I was going into junior high, middle school. And so it was like a whole different array of people 
that I didn't grow up with or anything like that. But I still try to be in the talent shows, even if I sucked, if I wasn't the greatest, if it wasn't my talent or whatever, I still wanted to audition. I still wanted to be in plays. And once I got into high school, I got into acapella choir. I played in musicals and I really, my favorite one to this, to this day is Secret Garden. And I think when you're in troubling times, the universe can talk to you when things get hard and how to get through them. And there's always a song that pops in my head. It only mm. comes when I need it. So I can't even say it here because I don't mm. need the song at the moment. Yeah, I love that that musical. Mm. It's gotten me through some of the hardest times. When we were chatting earlier, you mentioned you put something out in the universe and then it came back. So are you into the law of attraction and all that or what? Well, I try because sometimes when you go through so many things and one thing's not working and, mm. and you try it for a while and another thing, I mean, I prayed every day to God, and I didn't know if he was real or if he existed because of, you know, the marriage and everything that I grew up in. Which is tied to the church. Which, which is, is tied, tied to the God, church, right? yeah. Okay. And when I went through my divorce, and I'm not sure if I explained it here, is that when I went through my divorce, I had the Relief Society women were knocking on my door, coming into my home and telling me how much I put my marriage in eternal, eternal damnation. And the bishop came into my home because he was, he was, he was scoutmasters with my ex-husband and had told me that I needed to pack my bags because he, he was so charismatic and friends with everybody that everything was my fault. And he showed how much good he was. And now I'm, now, now I'm trying to backtrack on seeing what direction I'm going with this. But being a member of the church and believing in God and stuff, I he turned every single person against me in that small town. Mm. I had nobody. So the only person that I felt that I could talk to is give it a name is God. And I, I talked to him in my car. I prayed every day. I mean, I remember even, even being drunk on vodka. I had to go get a bottle of vodka when I put that restraining order on. I got my first night's sleep. I had to drink. I had to get all of that off my chest of of the church mm. because I just, I needed a release. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't have anybody. Mm. I didn't have a single person. He made sure. I remember sitting at one of my friend's houses and he was calling them up and harassing them and texting them. He goes, and she's like, his phone is, he's calling again. He's talking again. He's texting again. I said, just block him, please. Because he was just trying to turn even my best friend that I was sitting by to get help through this against me. But she stayed strong because she lives a mile from me and we went to college together and we both have children with autism. Right. So so where are you and God today? I still question it. I do, but I do somewhat believe in the law of attraction. I mean, if you put out the positivity to the atmosphere, you're going to get it back. Some, it might be harder for, for some people because you have your stumbling blocks, you know, along the way. But I, I assume you don't go to church or anything now. No, right? <laughs> no, I don't go to church. I this is this is what I believe. I believe that structured religion is just a peak for judgment to others. They teach people how to judge other people, and I believe that when if you if there is a God out there, that He's going to ask only two things. If there is a second coming, He's going to ask you, "Did you leave the judgment to me, and did you love other people properly?" And then, and and everything else is His job. You know, it kind of takes a big, huge thing in someone's life to help them. You know, 
realize things that you don't need to judge others and right and just love and that's it so with all the hardships you've had what has helped you survive what do you attribute that to some of the things that i attribute that to is i call it remembering my awesomeness um the things that make me the things that i love like my artwork, my paintings. I love sewing and designing clothes. My kids, my girls, when they were little, they always had one-of-a-kind dresses and, and outfits and blankets, and my and I crochet. Those are the little things that I love. If I don't have time to do those things for myself, even to go to a spa, those are the things that keep me going because you, you always have to have self-care. Uh, it's it's funny because I do crochet. I, I go through baths battles of like, I crochet like for, I'll crochet like two blankets or five scarves in like a month. And really? yeah, I'll just sit Beady. there <laughs> and I'm like, I got a lot of stress. I got to get this out. I got to do right. it. Cause this makes me feel better. It just makes, it soothes me. It's like the hum of a sewing machine too. It just soothes me. If I don't get to do those little things, cause I remember going to school back to back. I'm like, I would just dream of doing something that I love and I wanted to finish it, and I wanted to see the completion of the project. I just wanted to see it. And I just, I didn't get that until, it, it's almost like when I kicked my ex-husband out of the house and a restraining order, I got my first night of sleep. You Do you know how soothing that was? <laughs> it's those little tiny things that you just think of that just make you who you are. And I want to tell everybody that you just got to always, if you're in a situation or anything, you've got to remember those little things that make you awesome. I mean, it's it's not just if you like to bake or cook or or if you love something, it's those, those deep inner things too. If you need to meditate every day, it's those little things to get you through to whatever you need to get to your next part of your life, to deal with the abuse that you're going through or whatever, because in your head, you can just think of those things. I remember one day I was sitting on my couch when I was married. I just remember sitting there and like, why am I in this? Why am I not doing everything that I love? I had a fashion line while I was married, and but I didn't do it the right way. And if I want to ever bring it back out, I'm going to do it the way that I love. I mean, that's what you've got to conquer. I mean, my tattoo that I have on my arm says love. And it's like you conquer everything with love. You've got to remember those little things that make you awesome and that you love, of course. I always end these chats with, do you have any advice or things you want to share? Tell my peeps that are listening from your experience. From my experience, yep. don't don't give up on yourself. Because, I mean, I, I've thought about it. I'm normal. I'm a human being. And when you are married to a narcissist and they use the church as their vice and they do all these other things that you just doesn't give you time to breathe or even sleep, just remember those things that you love, that you love to do. And just remember those. Because I mean, that's, that's what kept me through because I just remembered I was not doing the things I want to do. And I'm like, I'm going to school over and over again. I'm taking these classes and he's not stopped harassing me. But I'm like, I couldn't wait to do that, those little things that I loved. I'm like, when do I get to do them? They always stuck around. They always were on my shoulder whispering to me. So just don't ever give up on yourself and don't give up on those little things that make you awesome. You're a strong lady. Sometimes I don't mm. think so, but I can look back. I get reminders every once in a while. Mm. I've gone through a lot. We didn't share all of it, but I heard a lot of it. Thank you for coming in. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks I enjoyed again. being here. Good, good having you. Thanks, Kay. You're welcome.